Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for healers, coaches, and changemakers who are seeking answers, hungry for impact, and open to possibilities. Join us for casual and epic conversations for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to activate their limitless wealth through the power of unity consciousness and quantum numerology. The key to claiming your personal power, activating your purpose, and creating infinite possibility in your world. I am so excited for yet another epic Rebel Radio conversation with my brand new friend, Liam. Liam, welcome to Rebel Radio. Thank you for being here today. Thank you very much for having me, Cindy. It's uh, an honor to be here. I'm so excited for our conversation today. So before we came live, I shared a little bit of your numerology and you'd had experience with numerology. So you knew your ruling number. So I took you down a different rabbit hole. And I'm curious, what was something that stood out to you about what I shared with you? Um, Well, just the the whole idea of my relationship uh, with money, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and um, financial abundance and how it's been a, you know, I can tell a little bit about my story when I explain how I'm why I'm doing what I'm doing now, I'm helping people understand their brains and how that fits into their life, if you like. But um, yeah. but it's very much been, you know, the roller coaster relationship with money, whether it's based on fear or belief, mm-hmm. has uh, has really shaped my my experiences, if you like. So it was very interesting to to hear that there's a there's a thread of you know <laughs> power that goes through there. Yeah, I love that. And and you shared a little bit of your story with me before we went live. So I would love for you to share what your experience has been in life. <laughs> and because it definitely matched up to your numerology, it made sense when you explained that to me. So share a little bit of your story and who Liam is. Okay. Well, what I do these days is I focus on helping people to be, to get the most out of their life by understanding how their brain works and how that contributes to their life success, if you like, or failure, as it were, because I've had sort of both in my life. You know, my mid-40s, I was doing pretty well. I was a multimillionaire. I had businesses going and everything was working well. And then I virtually overnight, I lost everything and became Mm. homeless. And I ended up sleeping on the sofa in the living room of my elderly mother's small apartment. And I had nothing. And I was thinking... The thing I really thought was, why has this happened to me? Or how could this have happened to me? Because by that stage, I thought I was an expert on success. Because I'd pretty well studied everything there was that I could think of to do with success. You know, I'd always been obsessed, if you like. Some people would say obsessed. I thought I would say passionate. about (laughs) Fine line. line. (laughs) How do you get the most out of your life? I wanted to be a success. All my life, I wanted to be happy and successful and have you the old you know ego thing of having more being more achieving more mm-hmm. and i went down through so many different paths i started off being brought up in a religious family and my answer to the question that i had then how can i be happy and successful was from my teachers and my parents and the church which said you just ask god for what you want you pray for what you want and god will give it to you and even right. even as a child i tried that i remember I think I was about 10 years of age, and I went to early morning mass. This was a Catholic family. I went every day for a month in the middle of winter because I thought, I'm going to test God on this one. I'm going to go every day for a month and ask for one thing to prove 
that ask and you'll receive. If you just ask God, you'll get it. And I can't remember what it was. It was something like win a competition at school or something really, but it was very specific. And I said, okay, God, this is what I want. I'm coming to putting all this effort, coming every day for a month. Where is it? Well, it didn't happen. So I started to think, even though I was only 10, well, you know, where's the floor? It must be me. I must be doing something wrong because they say this is how it works. Mm-hmm. But I noticed all my, I noticed everyone around me in the church, they, they actually weren't any happier and more successful than, than I was, or anyone else for that matter. So then I went down a whole lot of other paths. So I, then I thought the key to being successful is getting education. Mm-hmm. So I went to university for seven years, and I became quite an authority on, a, on an area of classical music, actually. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, got a master's degree and all those sorts of things. And although I really enjoyed it and I got a lot of knowledge and I looked at the people around me, my professors, they had a lot of knowledge. It didn't seem to be the key to happiness either and success. <laughs> they weren't any happier. They still had stress and problems and, and lack of fulfillment, if you like. Mm-hmm. So then I went and set up my own business. Somebody said, get your own business. That's the key to being happy and successful. Make lots of money. And even though I did that, well, that's what I did. I went and set up my own, the first of many businesses, actually. I noticed that as I got more successful, quote unquote, I also got more stress in my life, and more mm. problems. Mm-hmm. And I started to, to buy into this idea, well, success, well, stress and problems, that just comes with the territory. If you want to be successful, you have to overcome all of these obstacles and you have to continually deal with all of these problems in your life. That's the price you pay for success. Constant struggle. Well, well, yeah, that's right. And I thought, well, it makes it sound a little bit hard, but if that's the way it is. So I went down the whole personal development um, area after that, self-improvement, and I went to seminars all around the world because all of the people there were, were promising, if you want to be happy and successful and rich like me, just do what I tell you. Come and do this, this seminar or read this book or do this course. And my system, you can see how rich and happy I am you can be like me. So I went all over the world and, you know, from New Zealand, anywhere is a long way. I went right. to America and, you know, I did fireworks and I did all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also did lots of courses on motivation, setting goals, changing your thoughts, changing your beliefs, reprogramming your subconscious mind, affirmations. You know, I used to carry a little card around with my goals on it and read it all the time. And I'd listen to all of these recordings of people changing your brain waves and things like that. And it then, and that didn't really quite work either because I still had lots of stress and problems. Then I went down the spirituality path and I studied all sorts of things from meditation to different spiritual practices. But all through these things, what I felt was, even though I was, <clears throat> excuse me, gaining a lot of knowledge, I still had a lot of problems. I still had a lot of stress. I wasn't feeling in, really in control of my life to the point where I could relax and feel, ah, you know, I can actually not worry about the future if you like Mm -hmm. what's going to come up so when I lost everything in my 40s and I ended up homeless and sleeping on the couch I thought you know everything I've learned about how to be successful how to be in control of your life why is this not working why has this happened to me there's Mm -hmm. something else going on here so I got through that whole experience and after I did and think things started to get a lot better in my life But they're also very different because I was starting to develop business ideas and create businesses. I created a new romantic relationship. But everything was very different because things were like, it was like they were coming to me. 
opportunities, people, the right people, the right ideas came to me. And I wasn't struggling, whereas before I'd been running after success, chasing it, trying to grab it, trying to get more, you know, pressure, pressure, set higher goals. For some reason, and I figured out what it was later, for some reason that just wasn't happening. And I, and I thought, you know, I'm actually happy because I don't have any stress or problems in my life. I've got all the money I need to do what I want to do. I'm doing some really wonderful things that I've always wanted to do. I'm doing them. I'm with somebody who's a dream to be with rather than a problem, <laughs> which would be my history. I thought, I need to figure out what I'm doing differently because whatever it is, I want to make sure I keep doing it. I don't want to stop because this is working. What's the secret? <laughs> and so I thought I need to back engineer this. And with all of the different things I'd tried, I, and being having a bit of a, having a university background, it's probably my research brain as well. Mm -hmm. I started to pull some threads together and I started to go down some interesting rabbit holes and find out some interesting information. And one of the things I did was I started, I thought, well, if I give up everything I know and everything I've learned, What's a basic question that I can start with to ask what I've been doing differently? And I thought, well, here's something to ask myself. Who am I and, and what am I doing here? Now, you might think that's a big question. And of course, it isn't. You know, thousands of people have attempted to answer that question. But I thought it struck me that we can all have a different opinion on who we are in all the multi layers. But one thing we can all agree on is we live in a physical body. We're physical. We live in a physical world. So I thought, okay, well, I can, I can prove that. That makes sense. I'm part of a human species, so I must have some biological function or biological purpose. And it turns out that we do have a biological purpose, and every biological scientist tells us this. Our biological purpose is to make sure we survive and thrive. And by thrive, that means being the best that you can be so that you have the greatest chance for survival. That's the purpose of human life and all life is to survive and create more life. So the interesting thing about that, I realized that also means, you know, if you're the best you can be, if you're giving yourself the greatest chance to thrive as well as survive, that must mean you're happiest. You must be your happiest when you're best you can be because when you are happy, that's when you're resourceful, creative, motivated, contributing to yourself, contributing to others. It comes from a state of happiness. You know, when mm. you're stressed and worried, you don't do that. You shut down you, and you get depressed and you don't do anything. So this creative state, it turns out biologically, is the way we're supposed to be. We are supposed to be happy. And I thought, shocking. It is shocking because who is happy? But it's our biological purpose. We're designed to be happy. Yeah. And the next really interesting breakthrough idea I, I realized was because I thought, well, his nature in this biological form that I live in? Has nature provided me with anything to ensure that I survive and thrive? In other words, has it provided me with anything to make me happy that's designed to make me happy? And it turns out it has. And it's this thing between our ears, our brain. Mm. Our brain has a biological purpose. It's created for one thing, to make us survive and thrive. In other words, to stay alive and to be the happiest that we can be so that we thrive. And the enormous power of the brain, we haven't got time to go into it, but it's its really the most incredibly powerful machine. It's infinitely more powerful than any computer. Mm -hmm. Trillions of times more powerful. There have been books written on this. So it has the power to give you the life you're supposed to lead, in other words, to survive and thrive. 
So if it has the power to do it, if you're not surviving and thriving, why not? Because this is what this brain is designed to do. And so I, I started to do a bit of research into how the brain works and all the different parts of it. And I've simplified it into a model which shows that essentially there is a way to use your brain that is the right way. And when you do, you survive and thrive. Because And when you don't, you get problems. Because your brain is like any machine. It is infinitely powerful, but it is a machine. It's designed to do a certain job. And if you think about a motor car, you know that's a machine. You know what it's designed to do. One thing, take you from where you are to where you want to go easily, efficiently, enjoyably, and in the best possible way. That's its job. That's what it's designed to do. But you also know that it has no hope of getting you there if you don't know how to drive it. You know, if you got into a car... And, and you didn't know how to drive it, what hope would it have of doing its job? Right? Oh, my gosh. So, we all, so we're all, all sort well, of course you wouldn't get into a car and, and try to get anywhere if you hadn't learned how to drive it. But why is it the most powerful machine that exists that's designed to get us anywhere we want to go, to be the best that we can be, why has nobody sat down and said, well, if you want to get anywhere, if you want it to do its job, you have to learn how to use it? Mm-hmm. No one's taught us that. Yeah. So that's what has become my mission is to teach people how your brain works and how it's designed to work and why most people are using it the wrong way and they're getting what a car gives you if you use it the wrong way, problems. Yeah. If you try and drive with the handbrake on and and uh, the car's going to not get anywhere very, very fast. Or yeah. what most people do with if they don't know how to drive a car, they might say, ah, well, it's got four wheels, or maybe the way to get it from where I am to where I want to go, maybe I need to get out from behind and push. (laughs) And I'll put in all of this effort and huge amount, and I'll be so motivated and determined, and I will get this car moving to the destination. You say, that's crazy. All that does is wear you out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get you anywhere, or if it does, it's not very far, and and it just creates enormous stress. Yeah. And you, we would think it crazy if someone did that. We would also think it crazy if they said, oh, it's not going very well. I, it's, the problem is me. I'm not strong enough. I need to learn to be stronger and be more motivated because I'm weak. And then you put even more effort. It's, it's just all the wrong way to use it. But if someone mm-hmm. just explained to you, look, it's not your job to struggle and stress and try and get anywhere. You've got this machine that's to, that knows more than you think you do about yourself. It's designed to get you there. You just need to use it the right way. And then you can do what you're supposed to do. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy yeah. enjoy the view. Enjoy the trip. Oh, my gosh. Simple I love that. that so much. There's so much value in what you're sharing with us. And I think, you know, what stands out for me the most is what you said that the brain is like this machine. Yeah. And it's like a computer. It's a supercomputer. Well, computers need to be programmed. And unfortunately, we are being programmed by our society to, you know, that we're supposed to hustle, supposed to grind, supposed to work hard, supposed to do all this stuff, knowing that we have a choice in that, though, and teaching the brain to to work with us, I think is really important. There was something else that you shared, too. I can't remember what it is right now. I wanted to point it out, but that's okay. It'll come back to me. Well, the thing is, we are actually already programmed for success. And where the program is written, the code for that program is written in this stuff called our DNA. Mm-hmm. And what DNA is, just as a brief explanation for your listeners if they're not sure, because we've all heard of DNA, but do we know what it is? Yeah. What it actually is, is, in every cell of your body, it's a strand of molecules of information about who you are. And if you were to stretch out that strand of information, that those molecules, chemicals, 
it would be four feet long. Now, you've got 75 trillion cells in your body. I worked it out recently. That's 58 billion miles of DNA. That's a lot. That's 10 times from here to Mars. But here's the <laughs> thing. What's in those two? What's in those, in those strands? There's 250 million pieces of information about you. It's your blueprint for who you are. Now, you don't know 250 million things about yourself, but the part of your brain that that is designed to get get you to where you want to go, its job is literally to exp express this blueprint, mm -hmm. express the best of who you are. That's what it's biologically designed to do. That's why you have DNA. This information is basically you, and that's what is, is designed biologically to be carried on through through your survival and, th and th surviving and thriving. So we have a blueprint, but we get knocked off course by using our brain the wrong way, by not understanding how it works. And, as, and, and what you're referring to, having other things come in to mess up the way the brain works. Yeah. It's a bit like with yeah. your car. You know, you put, you put water in the fuel tank um, and you wonder why it doesn't work. Well, it's because of what you're putting into it. It's, it yeah. can't work properly. Exactly. You're going to end up with problems. I remembered what I was going to say too. You know, you you touched on you know you were looking for all the answers from all of the gurus of the personal development. Trust me, I went down that path too, and all of the gurus and the courses and take this and look at how much money I make and all of that stuff. And we think that if I, when I get there, when I have what that person has, then I'll be happy. Mm. And all we do is delay our happiness when we could really just be happy now and then watch it unfold. Well, that comes to a, a lack of understanding how the brain works, because the way your brain works to solve your problems, you know, most people are doing it around the wrong way. They're saying, when I solve my problems, I'll be happy. Yeah. The way your brain works, and I can explain it on a biological level, the way mm -hmm. your brain works is when you're happy, then you solve your problems. Yep. It's the other way around. You are speaking all, my language. <laughs> it's all biological. There's, there's nothing, you know, esoteric about this. This is physical science. Yeah, I love that. I teach a course called Mastering the Brain Game, and I certify co co uh, coaches in this course. And we refer to it as T-Rex brain and dolphin brain. Because <laughs> T-Rex brain, you have tiny little arms and a tiny little brain. You can't make decisions. You, your intuition's not working. But if you're in dolphin brain, you're happy and you're lit up and you're full of love. And the answers come to you more easily. It's the yeah. You're totally speaking my language. I love it. <laughs> well, I've actually created a four-part model for how your brain works. I don't know if we've got time mm -hmm. to, to, me to explain how I think yeah, it works. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> well, what I've discussed, and there's obviously lots of scientific and technical, and you'll know this anyway, but there's lots of scientific and technical descriptions for the different parts of your brain. But I've simplified it into a model that I think, just like with a motor car analogy, anyone can understand and therefore anyone can apply because you don't need to know the names of all the wires and things in your car no. to know how to drive it. You just need to know the three things you need to do to get it mm -hmm. to work. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing about your brain is it has four parts to it. And as I say, I've simplified the names. The first part's the thinking brain. And this is the part at the top of your head. But this is the part that is, is basically takes in all of the information that you accumulate every moment you're alive through your five senses. So everything you hear, smell, taste, touch. And what's the other one? Uh, <laughs> hear, smell, taste, that, feel. Yeah. yeah there so we go. Everything that's coming at you comes as information and also your thoughts. And it all gets stored 
in this part of your brain, the thinking brain. So this is like a library or a database of all of your knowledge that you've accumulated. The second part of your brain is your feeling brain, your emotional brain. And you probably know the amygdala, hippocampus, those sort of parts of the brain. And that's responsible for how you feel. So that when you it produces chemicals to either make you feel good or you know, loving and grateful and all those happy, or not good, stressed, worried, afraid. So that's your emotional brain. The third part of your brain is the survival brain. And this is the part at the back of the head. And this, is, this handles everything about your survival, not what you're thinking about, but the things you don't think about, like your breathing, your heart rate, all of the organs in your body, everything to keep you going physically is handled by the survival brain. But there's one other thing, really important function, and I'll come back to this a bit later because this is crucial to understand, and most people don't, um, is that this survival part of your brain, which is about doing everything to make sure you survive, one of the things that one of the things it does is if your brain sees something coming towards you that represents an immediate threat, an immediate danger to your survival, something that could harm or even kill you, the survival brain creates a, a, a reaction, which we sometimes call the fight, flight, freeze response, mm -hmm. to deal with that danger. So what happens is the other part of your brain, it's actually your emotional brain, sends a signal in the form of chemicals to make you feel afraid, mm -hmm. which then... <laughs> diverts all of the energy from the rest of your body and the rest of your brain to fighting off an immediate danger. So the classic example in prehistoric times, the lions running out of the forest and roars at you. Two things. <laughs> yeah. So you react and you either run away or you call out for help or you stand and fight, but you do something, you, you simply react. You're not thinking, we all know what I'm talking about, this reaction yep. to danger. So that's all fine and good, but there's actually a fourth part of the brain which is not the thinking part. It doesn't come from thoughts. It doesn't come from your feelings. And it doesn't come from an automatic response. And it's what I call the creative brain. And mm -hmm. science is just starting to really research that there is this fourth part of the brain. Mm -hmm. And what the creative brain is responsible for is your intuition, your gut feelings, your bigger awareness, your bigger picture ideas, your creativity, your resourcefulness, your imagination. It's where you get ideas and thoughts that you've never had before. And you go, where did that come from? Yeah. It's from your creative brain. What and, I call you know, open brain. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. And musicians and creators talk about how, you know, musicians say, I just heard the music and then I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. They don't know where it comes from. It's not from their thoughts. It's not from their past experience. Mm -hmm. And we've all had experiences where we go, ah, I can see what I should do here or what I shouldn't do here. Or you get a gut feeling, no, nah, that doesn't feel right or that feels right, you know. You meet the person you're going to marry and you go, I'm going to marry that person. It, yeah. it comes from somewhere else. Yeah. But here's the other interesting thing about the creative brain. A couple of interesting things. Firstly, on a low level of awareness, we all think that things like luck, coincidence, synchronicity, things like that are all flukes. We <laughs> don't realize that this creative brain, because of its enormous power, it literally brings to us those circumstances as well because this is the part of the brain that's primarily concerned with helping us to thrive yeah. survive and thrive so remember the brain's job is to bring you everything you need to be the best version of yourself that you can be be the happiest you can be so it's not just giving you good ideas it's not just giving you imagination and and the answers to problems it's giving you the people and circumstances you need they don't come from from out of the, there's no such thing as 
a random this is not a random universe it couldn't exist if there was anything such thing as you know luck or whatever so, <laughs> but here's the thing we're supposed to live in that state most of the time because that's called our natural i call it our natural creative state we're feeling good we're in the flow we're in the zone we're coming up with good ideas we're solving problems if they come along we're avoiding problems we're dealing with the right people we're doing what we should be doing with our life to be happy it's yeah. our brain doing this for us yeah so that's why we're supposed to live but there's only one time we're not supposed to live like that and that's when the lion comes running out of the jungle on the very odd occasion you're going through your life and being happy on the very odd occasion if something comes along unexpectedly what happens in your brain is your brain sends a, a different signal and it sets off fear and what fear does it puts you in that survival state just for a short period of time to get rid of that danger so that you can get back to being in that happy being yourself the best you can be state but the problem is what happens in that fear state on a brain level it takes all the all of the resources i mentioned this earlier from your, the rest of your body and it only allows you to use the parts that are most valuable or essential to deal with that immediate danger. So what it does is it gets you to focus on everything. You're totally focused on every danger that's in your environment. But here's the other thing. It shuts down your creative brain. Yep. So it shuts down all of your resourcefulness, your imagination, your creativity. The, and the part of your brain that knows how to solve any problem you've got or make mm -hmm. sure you avoid problems. Mm -hmm. But what's the problem with most people? They don't realize that they're in this, whenever you're in a fear, fearful, anxious, stressed state, you're living in the survival state and you're blocking off your creative brain. Yep. So you think you've got problems. You can't solve those problems in that state. It's just not the way the brain's designed. You right. can only, All I can so picture right now is a Tyrannosaurus Rex trying to put a fitted sheet on a bed. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't solve the problem. <laughs> and and what do we do? We go, I need to set more goals. I need to learn more. I need to, I need to, to struggle it. more. And I need to. And that's all our survival brain, which doesn't know the art. It doesn't know how to make our life right. And I realized that's what I used to do in my previous life. And that's why I had so much stress and why I created more problems for, my, for myself all the time and attracted problem situations. Because where my brain was at, that was what it was focused on. Yeah, and it's almost like it's looking for problems, and if it can't mm -hmm. find any, it's going to make them for you. It'll That's create its job. Yeah. But it's not the way our brain should be should be used. We should be living in this creative state and only feel afraid, only feel stressed when we do have a lion coming at us, not yes. when we turn the news on and and we see that there's a war going on somewhere or that you know the the stock market's crashing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So what what that comes down to to realize is that fear is your number one enemy. You've got to find, you've got to realize fear is toxicity because fear, anxiety, stress, when you feel that, it's, slept, it's called your sympathetic nervous system is what gets activated, that fight, flight, fear, and literally blocks and shuts down all of your creative brain's ability to bring you the life that you want. You're never going to have, you're never going to be able to solve all your problems. You're never going to be able to create your ideal life when you're feeling stressed. And it's just a biological thing. It's, it's nothing to do with a, a nice idea. You know, and the other thing, I hope I'm not going on too much here, but I just want to make another point. Why have we never been told this? Why did we not know that fear is the enemy? Fear is like a toxicity. It's because we don't understand how our brain works. But if someone came along to you and said, <clears throat> here's a glass of hydrochloric acid, 
I'll give you a million dollars to drink it. You go, what? All right, 10 million. No, you don't get it. If I drink that, it's going to damage me and ruin my life. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize there's a hydrochloric acid we're putting into our brain all the time which is causing us to activate our sympathetic nervous system, causing us to feel fear, causing us to shut down our true power. And it doesn't matter how motivated we are, how much we pray, how much determined we are, how much information we want to pile in when we're in that state. If you're not able to access it, it's just not going to work. That's it. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. I know we're going later than usual on the show today, but I don't even care. You are speaking my language. This is Brain Game 101. Thank you so much. This is, I'm definitely going to share it with my Brain Game coaches and share it in all the communities because I think this is so important for all of us to understand that it's, you know, we have the power to figure out our brains. But I do want to touch on a couple of questions. So we're speaking to consciousness in a sense with this whole conversation, our brains, it's all about consciousness. I am curious what your definition of unity consciousness is. I guess it's just being aware of who you are, who you really are. And the beautiful part about living in from your creative brain, your awareness completely shifts. And what Mm -hmm. I like to say is when you're in your creative, natural, natural creative state, your awareness shifts and you begin to see the truth you begin to see the truth about who you are and that you're not some limited you know victim of of some of politicians or big com- or whoever your enemy is your boss or your the economy or anything that's not who you are you are connected to this infinite intelligence through your creative brain and yes. this is a biological thing it's provable scientifically and it's yes. and it's certainly provable provable in your life so unity consciousness is you realize that the essence of who you are, you know, people talk about enlightenment and all these things. What are they? They're just you being in your natural creative state where you see the truth of everything. That's what you're designed to, to do. You're not here to see what isn't the truth. That would make no, no biological sense either. You're mm-hmm. here to have an experience being the best that you can be, and that involves seeing the truth of who you are. So, oh, yes, I love that so much. <laughs> so good. So you spoke about um, being caught up in this T-Rex brain, I call it, the the fight-flight response, Mm. and losing everything you had, all of your money, your finances, your millions of dollars that you had. And I'm curious now, now that you live in this creative dolphin brain, what does wealth mean to you? I don't know. Just being, uh, having everything on it, well... I don't really have a de- definition of, and I know my num- my uh, numerology says I should be fixated on, we- on wealth, but uh, so I hope, sorry if I'm letting the side down there. I guess I am, but but it's about abundance. But abundance comes from the present moment and feeling creative and realizing who you are, and that you don't you don't because a lack of abundance is feeling limitation, and limitation comes from fear. If you're in the fear state, you see limitation. In your creative state, there is no limitation. Yeah. And when you're not limited, then you can put you and when you don't feel fear, the only time you don't feel fear, what are our fears? Worry about the future, regret about the past. When you have right. no fear, you can just enjoy what the only thing that is, which is the present moment. And that's yeah. the way we're designed to be. Yeah. So I don't know if it's answering your question, but absolutely that, that's what wealth is, is about is seeing who you are and seeing, you know, we live in the most incredible universe it's it's absolutely under, unbelievable but, but who of us ever see it we never stop and actually look at it look right. at how amazing it all is 
We're all so worried about the future of regret in the past that we forgot to look at what's right in front of us. It's so beautiful. Well, and it's not our fault. It's our, because our brain is not allowing us to do that. Because when you're in a fearful state, your brain is, is shutting down its awareness and is laser light looking for what is dangerous and, and therefore what is limited in your life. So it's not your fault, but it's like expect, you know, I can keep going on about the car analogy, but if you just, you can't expect a car to go at 100 miles an hour when you've got the handbrake on, you've one foot on the pedal, on the brake, foot brake, and you're pushing down on the accelerator. It's just not going to work. So it's, and it's not your fault that you do that, but you, do, you don't know that that's not how you're supposed to drive a car. Right. We so all need to learn how to drive the damn car. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to learn how to drive our brain. And then we'd go, if we realize what fear did to us, we would say, my mission in life is to figure out how I can get rid of things that make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And you really become aware of what what are you allowing to make you feel stressed or anxious. So that's turning off those um, that stuff on the TV if it doesn't make you feel good. It's stopping that conversation with somebody that doesn't make you feel good. It's It's limiting or even eliminating your interaction with that person who doesn't make you feel good. It's getting out of that situation, that job you don't like that doesn't make you feel good. Because you realize the big picture is this creative part of your brain is just sitting there waiting to give you everything you need to be really happy. And yeah. it's designed to do that. And it will do it, but you, you've got to allow it to do its job. So you, and your only job is to stop the stuff that's putting you coming in, that's putting you into that state that's blocking your brain, another way oh, of putting it. I love it so much. I feel like I could talk to you all day. You are totally speaking my language. Thank you so much for being on the show. As always, we end Rebel Radio with one last question. What do you dream up for the world? I don't know if I really dream. I think the world is a perfect place. Mm. Um, I don't see any, I know it might sound a bit silly, but I don't see any problems in the world. I just see people who aren't aware of who they are. But there is perfection. This world is absolutely perfect. You just need to be able to use your brain the right way, and you'll see that it is. So I guess what my mission, if you like, or what what I am passionate about is sharing this information with people to see that that it's not only possible to live a happy life, it's what you're designed to do. And you've just been tricked, fooled, whatever you want to call it by, and you can get into conspiracy theories of whatever you like about, but it's true. There are other Mm -hmm. people who are manipulating you and want to manipulate you for power. And Mm -hmm. the the only way they can do that is by the only part of you they can control is your fear-based brain. They can't control you when you're in your survival state. So that's the part that all these people are focusing on. Mm-hmm. And by people, I mean people who want you to get to get you to buy things. They use yep. fear as a tactic. Or yep. people who want you to act in a certain way or say that the way you are is not, you're not good enough, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're all playing on keeping you in this fear, anxious, anxiety state so that you, you can't see who you really are and you, you can't step into your true power of who you are. So my vision for the world is that more people go, you know, yes, I have been driving the car the wrong way and it it just makes total nonsense the way I've been driving it and I'll drive it a different way. Time to take your foot off the brake. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been such a pleasure. Uh, I know my audience is commenting left, right and center on this as well. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you, Cindy. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us for another epic episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired and wish to expand the message of unity consciousness, 
please share this episode, leave a review, and of course, if you want to know how to leverage this information in your own life and business, check out our website or contact us for more information. It is time for us all to seize our personal power, come into unity, and create massive impact together. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.